Let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. This is Kathleen here with B Tom's Paul and the one and only producer Dave. Up, dog. Today we are back and discussing episodes seven, eight, and possibly nine because there is a ton of stuff going on here. So we may not of Cursed, the new Netflix series. And I missed the last episode. And for our one, two, and three episode, I was kind of on the fence but now i'm fully in after watching six more episodes and of Mm -hmm. course we haven't watched the finale yet right everybody no 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 spoilers saving it um so i'm pumped what do you guys think we said this at the beginning of the last one we were like okay three was better than two two was better than one and now you know four five and six it got better as you go on and i definitely think that still holds true for seven eight and nine like if it's, it's only gotten better yep can't say much more than that. Totally agree. I think the issue here is going to be that n- not many people are going to get to the point where it gets good. Like, I don't know that this is going to get a series pickup for, for the season two. I'm not sure. There are I, talks, I think. I was, like, I wasn't reading spoilers, but I did, like, when I was, like, just doing recaps and stuff, there was, like, just websites talking about season two. So, I think okay. it's I think it's good for that. I hope it does. And I this is my first episode covering Cursed. And I almost feel like I'm the one that enjoys the show the most of the seven of us doing this podcast. So I've been watching everybody else get their get their crack at the first two podcast recordings. Um and I'm ready to talk about these episodes because seven, eight, and nine were definitely This was a good this was the this was a good it, episode to come on. It to. started hitting its stride, I feel like really around like episode four or five. Um, and these these have been three very good episodes of television. Like objectively, I compare this to the shows that I hold in high regard. Honestly, like Cursed, when it hits in season one, I think it's pretty good so far. So I'm excited to talk I've, about I've it. I said it in past episodes, but like I I see it similar to Witcher. Like the first few episodes of The Witcher really, honestly, did not hit me that hard. I just it was a struggle to get through it, but by the end, I loved it, and I'm feeling the same way about curse right now yeah still get your couple of cringe scenes here and there things here are just there, like but rolling your eyes it's definitely at, gotten better like everything is just picked up finally i yep. think where witcher does it better is in the character building and the now. sex scenes yeah and the sex <laughs> scenes baby but i don't know i mean yeah totally <laughs> you need an r rating like you really do yeah. in this in these kind of like fantasy stuff but i don't know it now i'm finally falling in love with these characters but it's taken me a while whereas mm. in the witcher my god then yeah. you're kidding i'm biased i'm biased when it comes to the witcher my, so i think yeah. it's what don't even talk about my opinion here my whole my whole thing and i think we're gonna touch on this specifically when we start getting into the episodes is i'm not completely sold on arthur i think he is finally on the right track and like seeking out honor is a much more story arc than i can get behind for him and i feel like the first couple of episodes he just wasn't bringing anything to the table in terms of what was going on so i'm not really sold on him and i'm definitely not sold on nimway and his relationship at all yeah we talked about that in the last one but um i just want to make clear and because i have talked kind of a lot of smack on arthur but it's not on arthur's actor at all i think his actor is awesome i just think and like the scenes where he needs to act he does but i think it's just the cheesy writing sometimes every once in a while i think arthur's awesome i think his 
characters written strangely. I think he gets some very he gets some very good scenes. I think in these three episodes, I think the character himself has very high potential. It's King Arthur. Yeah. I mean, he he's awesome, and it's not to say that I I don't like him yet. I'm not willing to go that far, but you know, he's got to prove himself to me. Yeah. So way, guess, meanwhile, has been should we get right into this? Yeah, thing? I was yeah. gonna say we're probably not gonna finish nine <laughs> because yeah. we didn't even start. Yeah. Been done. So, uh, just a reminder to everyone: we do the uh, breakdowns for curse by character. We just find it easier and more organized to just you know talk character by character rather than scene by scene. So, our first few characters we'll talk about are Nimue, Morgana, and Kaze. Uh, last we saw them, they were getting chased by the Uther Pendragon army. And yeah, they're basically just trying to get away from the Pendragons. Yeah, so the first time we see them, they're in this kind of field surrounded by, like in the middle of a valley almost. And we find out it's uh, the area is called Brother's Blood. It was a Roman battleground that was cursed by the Caliac. Uh, I always love, yeah, I always love getting a little bit of history in like stories like this, like a little more lore about the world that's going on. You know, I always like hearing about that. Yeah, I think they said there's 20,000 people died there. Yeah, so. it was an old like uh, Morgana was surprised that Nimue hadn't heard the story. She was like, you weren't told scary stories when you were a kid. Essentially, the Kaliak conjured a fog that enveloped uh, the Roman soldiers. They went mad and all started to slaughter each other. There were 20,000 men that lost their lives in this brother's blood valley. Um, so the but three of them are just kind of shooting the shit, talking. Yeah, and Morgana offers uh, a hiding spot in the mountain, but that means they have to go deeper into mm. the Kaliak's, like, lair, basically, it sounds yeah, like. they didn't know what to do. I mean, Kaze was saying, like, I don't want to go in there at all because that just reeks of, like, dark magic. And they were um, like, we they, she we was also saying, back. well, we can't. She said, like, we have less than an hour until Pendragon's men are on us. So, like, they didn't know they what had to, to do. They think quick. Yeah. So, it's just funny because Nimue walks up to a cave entrance, which literally has a spider. The entrance is literally a spider and it's spider's legs. Yep. And she was like, yeah, this is the one. This is the cave we got to go in. Well, there's something about, like, warriors, and especially in something like fantasy, but Kaze, 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 Kaze yeah. um, says, I'd rather die in battle against humans or whatever yeah. than by dark magic. And I'm like, can you imagine yeah. having to choose? <laughs> like, something that you yeah. can't see or touch. Like that. Oh, I loved that like, When line. she said that, I was just like, I complete, like, I, that makes sense to me. Like, I'd rather fight in, like, an army that I can't see than something that, you know, yeah. is just mystical. And but warriors want a warrior's death, not yeah. something that's just going to creep up. On you. But Nimue totally sides with Morgana. So they're going into the tunnels. Kaze is is the voice of reason saying that we shouldn't do this. Yeah, there's engravings all along the wall that kind of, I guess, tell the story of the Kaliak, right? I guess mm -hmm. is what it is. And of course, Morgana knows everything. So Nimue's like, what's this? Yeah, she's and like Morgana. Translating. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of have some notes. They're looking at these these cave drawings. It essentially depicts the story of the Kaliak, uh, the Celts that defied Caesar, fought to the last woman and child. Uh, the Kaliak offers her help, then turns the Roman blades upon herself. Um, and then Nimue just kind of realizes, she almost starts defending the Kaliak and says, you know, she was a protector of the innocent in a way. Maybe she didn't know that she was a demon. Um, they find out that she demanded payment in the form of uh, these, these Celts children. So she ate their kids yeah, in order to save them, them from the Romans, essentially. But them. Nimue is kind of trying to justify her action, saying maybe she didn't know that she was a demon at the time. I don't is know. That and the other thing? It was just a very this weird. This becomes a philosophical scene. kind of thing. Yeah, like, it does. is that like worth it? Who knows? But mm -hmm. um, 
Kaze has a cool line. She says, this is the price of people undefended. They find themselves at the mercy of demons. Yeah. And I think all these stories kind of triggered something in Nimue because um, she's holding the sword. She's walking through. She hears all these stories. And then they eventually get to like a cliff mm-hmm. and you hear like the whispers in Nimue's head again. And she has like a kind of freak out. And, and it doesn't sound like the hidden kind of whispers to me. It sounded like yes. a the Kaliak whispers. Yeah, it was like dude. it was the Ka- like was... that's what it, that's what I thought it was the Kaliak like whispering her to like. If I recall, she was having like flashbacks to visions of Merlin like slicing people when he was wielding the yeah, sword of power. Really so she cool. she's having like a crisis of faith. Well, not a crisis yeah. of faith, but a crisis. Yeah, and like shocks that sword right off the edge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's honestly sword. kind of the sword is kind of like a Horcrux if you're going to compare it to Harry Potter, where it's like doing bad things to you it's morphing your brain and you're Crocs, doing things you wouldn't like have done the ring from yeah. lord of the rings the keys like, and the magicians yeah, this doing is different messing things. with her head this is really the first time we see her affected by it yes. like that much so it's it's kind of sinking its teeth into her in that regard so morgana offers to go fetch the sword nimway's like we got to stick together and she's like no let me just go get it like, i thought that was bizarre that yeah. she was just like I myself will take the most dangerous job and like you guys just be together and take the easy job. I was like, why did they not want to help her? Yeah. That, was, that was just agreed upon very What easily. was the other op? What was the, even the second task that they had to uh, do? To, I think I have it written here. It was to double back and find their way back out of the tunnels just oh, in well. case. So find a way through. <laughs> Let's just take a yeah. detour real quick to get the sword. Yeah, yeah. just to retrace <laughs> their steps and then uh, yeah. they'll meet back in the chamber. That pissed me off. And that was just like a, just one little thing of writing that just makes no sense to and me. And how quickly Morgana finds the sword is crazy too. Like nothing, but like it well, isn't like doesn't Celia bring her the sword though? Isn't no. She, no, no. Okay, never yeah. mind that. She, she already had it. Okay. Like, it that's a, like that's literally oh. so. Like Morgana finds the sword and then starts hearing basically the same whispers that yeah, Nimue yeah, was yeah. hearing. Okay, is and that the next scene? Before we get there, it? I just want to okay. say. I'm gonna say Kaze. I, that just doesn't sound right coming out of my Kaze. mouth. But Kaze. 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 Says like I like this. Ep- like she's kind of yelling at Nimue. Like hold that sword and leave. Like what are you doing? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. fucking figure it out, kind of thing. And Kaze. then Nimue throws. I'm like you dumb bitch. Kaze yeah. is a homie. Uh, later she is. on, uh, I think when they're talking in the chamber, I have a good note. Just that she's a good character. I really like Kaze. Wasn't there a Kaze Kage in Naruto? Yeah, yeah that's what I. All, that's what all the. That's what the it's all the Kages. Yeah. yeah. Shout out Naruto. But the moment we do see Celia, I'm like, fuck, that yeah, ain't her. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so Morgana, like, she's in the cave, like, with the sword. And I was like, yeah, I was definitely immediately pissed off. I was like, of course this dumb bitch fucking makes it out of here. Like, You talk about Celia. Yeah. That Celia is alive and she yeah. didn't die in the Abbey. Yeah. And I agree. I was like, how is she... Like, how is Pim alive? And then how is, like, Celia alive? We got all these answers, though, which is good. We were going to be pissed if Pim didn't explain what happened. So I want to ask you, we have kind of two scenes that are happening at the same time it's nimue and kaze have a conversation and morgana really and like celia Once which we get one do you more, want to bang out first because i feel like let's we do should just nimue do it. first and then we'll do morgana but i have a reason i really like these two scenes back okay we're in but let's Run do nimue. nimue so nimue and kaze are basically talking like while they're looking for the shit and like kaze is basically hyping up nimue you know like you got to be this queen like nimue's like i didn't want this and she's like sure you didn't want it but like you have the power to change this basically like the sword chose you basically and like she's like i'm like i'm not meant to be a king and she's like look we're my like for my tribe 
women rule, you know, like fucking yeah. be a queen. Mm-hmm. And that's like, yeah, kind of just like getting hyped yeah, up. Yeah, she too. was losing her self confidence because she was just thinking about her actions in the previous episode and said, My dying mother just told me to give this great, powerful sword to Merlin, and I just did it on a whim. Like, I haven't had an original thought. Like, my whole destiny, destiny up until this point has been from my mom and Merlin. Like, I'm not capable of these great things. Kaze is just like, yo, listen, the sword is calling to you. This is on you, Nimue. Mm-hmm. Like, be a leader, lead the fight, be that person that they need. One of the one of the cool things that Kaze says in that conversation, when Nimue reveals that Merlin is his father, she says, like, you can't let anybody know. Like, right. You can't. They have put their full faith in you. The Fae have put their full faith in you. You can't shake it by letting them know that, like, there's people that, you know, the Fae don't really like. Is yeah. related to you. Did we know that the Fae did not like Merlin? Did we know that? Yeah. I think it's just because Merlin dedicated himself to humankind. Right. That makes sense. And Yeva, you know, Yeva always like spit at his name whenever she brought it up. Yeva, the Moon Knight, the old elder yeah. one. She is so creepy. I don't know if you heard this, but I said, like, Yeva reminded me of a character from The Magicians. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like one Hell of the ones in yeah. the forest that yeah. just pops up. Well, yeah. so she was in the trailer for one hot second. And me, when me and Jimmy recorded the preview, I was watching the trailer before we hit record. And I was like, that looks like Queen Naya, the ice queen. Like she yeah. does. Mm-hmm. She's much older or whatever. But if you like throw a bunch of feathers on Queen Naya, because <laughs> yeah. she's literally beer. <laughs> But, all right. Are we good on the uh, Nimue and Kaze talk? I think that was really all the was that all the takeaways I think from that. Yeah, Kaze says it's cool, like the cave and the Kaliox. Like you'll learn from your this. Power. Yeah. That's why you're hearing the whispers. And like you're gonna learn from all this. She kind of takes on the trainer role too. I think Nimue embraces having Kaze around as like her trainer and says, uh, she says something. Nimue wants to go after Morgana and the sword. It's taking too long. Kaze says, stay oh, yeah. here. It's safer. I'll do it. You're a leader. More valuable. Like, if you want to be trained by me, learn to listen by me. Yeah. I love Kaze's Kaze. Kaze's fucking bars, dude. I just have a note that says Kaze is a good confidant and, like, just homie to be around. Like, she's going to be great. <laughs> she is sweet. And then that's when, when we did flip. we meet her? What episode? It was she chose Kaze to go escort her to Merlin when they were meeting instead of okay. Arthur and Gwen. So that was episode four, okay. five? Yeah, something five. like that. Yeah. Because six was them meeting and talking. And then now we get Morgana on her own. Uh, she stumbles onto this random area and that's when they meet Celia. And I'm she, pretty pi- sure well, she finds the sword. Yeah. She picks up the sword and then she kind of hears the whispers and then she's like any horror movie, instead of like, you know, being scared and running away, like she walks towards the danger. Yeah. And then well, she it was sees... Celia though. That's not well. No, 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 no. Before it was she didn't Celia. know. Yeah, it was a it okay, was like a whole enough. minute of walking around before she yeah. finds Celia. Fair enough. Yeah. But they also know it's demons and dark magic and stuff. So it's like if you hear whispers, don't go towards it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Definitely. But this but... is what I thought was cool is because the Nimue and Morgana separate talks are happening like kind of side by side, and it's just like they're getting told the same thing. Like Celia is telling Morgana, like you are destined to be great. Like you are destined to be stronger than mm. Nimue. You are destined to be stronger than like Merlin, any shadow Lord. So like, I thought it was cool that they were both being told like that they have, they are both going to be like the one, you know, and now Sweet. it's Celia's words. Well, it's Celia talking, but this is the Caliax words. The whole thing that we find out is that Celia is being, She's dead, but through she's the power dead, of the Caliac. Yeah. So the 
this is the agenda of the Kaliak, and Celia is just her agent. Her quote, her uh, first quote was, your destiny is much greater than you believe, was the first quote that I had wrote down. Which I have I the rest of like, that quote if you want. Yeah, <laughs> you follow this one and that one because you fear your own power. You will be the greatest sorceress in all of Britannia. I also love when they call it Britannia. Yeah, and that's that what word. like I forgot about that. And mm-hmm. fucking Kaze's telling Nimue like you're gonna be a great queen. You know, yeah. like you guys are. You both have your roles. Or so we. I think that this is gonna transition into like two separate like mm. character stories. I, like I don't opposite. think that celia is alive by any means i don't think she's resurrected i think kaliak like just went into morgana's head and was like okay what is her weakness i'm going to use this against her because this is the best possible way to persuade her i agree because at the end of that scene they're hugging and celia's face is like not happy it's like worried almost and then she also disappears Mm -hmm. like and that's never a good sign i thought it was weird that you think Morgana was just in a trance when that spider was just sitting on her lip for a whole 30 seconds. Dude, that was fu- oh, yeah, that Luke's going to be losing so, his yeah, mind. So Luke Cali- has called me in to kill spiders before. Yeah. <laughs> so, He's like my worst bitch. nightmare. So that was the Celia. Yeah, that was Celia putting a Kaliak spider on her and it gets in her mouth. She's like swallows it. And it's like in her body now. So a portion of the Kaliak is definitely in her. Well, so this yeah. is more of the darkness that Luke likes a lot. Quote unquote, quote unquote, Celia was like, it's okay. Just like, let it, let it happen. Basically like, yeah, lean into it. I think that was right though. I think she was just entranced by the whole scene. Like seeing Celia spider on her lip, like what the hell is going on? So then Kaze ends up showing up, finds yeah. Morgana and, Morgana grabs a sword, and then that's the end of that storyline. But I thought it was interesting because there was emphasis, emphasis, shout out Drake and Josh, on uh, Morgana grabbing the sword. Like, like that is now a big deal. Like, Morgana is a player who could wield the sword, potentially. Like, it's the sword laying there. She grabs it, but, like, there's emphasis. Hell yeah, let's go. Yeah, what was the scene, like, kind of after that? Oh, okay. I remember. It was Nimue is sitting in the chamber with all those candles, and all of a sudden, all the candles go out, and she's, like, trying to... She has that flint. She's trying to get the torch going, and as she is seeing the sparks from the flint, she is seeing pictures of the mill being burned, and she's like, oh, my God, Arthur, Arthur and Gwen, like, we need to go save them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now I think we're going to quickly just Spoilers. cover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now we're, yeah. We're going to just cover, I think, Pim's character real quick. Um, okay. The first scene we get is the the captain, the Daisho, comes in What's like with a name? wound. I don't know her name, honestly. I just have captain right The captain. It, and is the ship called the Iron Spear? Or is the, that Red like Spear. The, the Red, Red Spear. Spear? I think, okay, I the think Red that's Spear. their group. I okay, don't know so, if that's the okay. that is, or is it the ship? No, no, no. That was one of the things we talked about on the last episode. Mm-hmm. People, like you and Luke initially thought that she, they were under Cumber, and we didn't know because they never gave an explanation. We got an answer to that later on, though. We, we know that it is... The Red Spear, I believe, is not under Cumber. Like, they, they're separate factions. She same... shit talks Cumber, so I don't think. Yeah, she shit yeah, exactly. talks Cumber's daughter, Idas, who is the girl with the unibrow jewelry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Weird looking. I don't know. But we see Pim, and Pim's yeah, the best. Pim, and, I Pim also, is the best. and I also love the captain, too. The captain's a great character. Because they're just total opposites. Like, oh, the captain yeah. just 
screams at Pim and Pim just takes it. But like that that whole back and forth is she's funny. got a giant gash on her shoulder. Pim Pim's just like, like trying to sew it up. Like you're a shit healer. Yeah, she's you're a shit healer. Pim um, plays it perfectly. Pim's she, actress, I don't know her name off the top of my head, really does play Pim well. Like the comedy part of it, when yeah. she's not, mm. it's not even supposed to be funny. And I just yeah. truly she, enjoy every scene. Pim's and the in. way she like re- like subtly recommends that they start robbing Red Paladin, she's so just smart. like, well, if you're gonna like rob all these like people who have already been robbed, why don't you just steal from the people doing the robbing? You know, and yeah. she's just like. Genius. Genius. She's been the common sense yeah. since mm-hmm. episode one, like we said when she was saying, the like, Nimue, don't do that. Yeah. She's the Pim. common sense. Yeah, yeah, again, I got to apologize. Uh, <laughs> I talked so much crap on Pim, and now she's one of my favorite characters, so. I, we well, like just, someone who can change, Paul. Oh, uh, yeah. The best, I'll admit it. <laughs> the best friend of the protagonist role is one that can, like, very easily just become a nothing role, and I thought instant, instantly of the first season of Stranger Things, who is... Uh, the teenage girl's like best friend, the redhead who like Barb. Barb, yeah, like she justice just, for Barb. She just <laughs> sucked. <laughs> I don't know. I'll say that. And like I had worries for Pim because she was like Nimway's BFF, but like Pim, Pim has her own stuff going on, and I love Pim. So the I heard there was a lot of Pim hate on the podcast. There was, but oh, yeah, four, yeah, four five and six we turned around. Four five and six we turned it around. Love it. I it's, was the lone Pim lover on the first. You act. yeah, you were. Like <laughs> when we were texting about it, Kathleen was just like Pim or die. And we were just like, no, definitely not. <laughs> but I like this. This was just Pim winning favor with the captain. Yeah, I so like, they, she's a Viking. They now. follow. They follow through with Pim's idea. Lo and behold, they become rich. Um, but flash forward a little bit, like Pim has to go out, like, what was the scene here? Like Pim has to go out on a mission with them. They just wanted her there to be a healer on site in oh, case. Okay. And then they got okay. murked. Yeah. yeah. They said like, we're hunting red, more red paladins. Like this is working. They're right over the corner. And all of us, oh, before this also something really cool. Our boy Doff gives Pim the I knew right amulet. away. I was like, that amulet is yeah. gonna is actually protecting him because now that he doesn't have it, I he's knew, fucked. I, soon, <laughs> like, I was like, please don't be true. But um, it's true. Seagard fucking sucks. protected him. So Pim, yeah, Pim was saying like, I can't go out there. I'm not a fighter. I'm a healer. I've never done this before in my life. And he was like, here, take this. Seagard will protect you. They go out. Um, Pim is Within just like, dragging that axe. That axe <laughs> is her size. It it's, is literally her size. It's so funny. They're like, here, take this. Like, And the captain is just holding it normally, tosses it to Pim, and Pim just drops it immediately <laughs> to the floor. Yeah. yeah, and she's just hilarious. That's our klutz. Um, yeah, and yeah, and then the arrows just start flying. That was – I didn't expect it to happen that fast. Like, it just fucking – immediately the, just, this episode i think her story ends just with the ambush and we don't know what happens next. until next episode she's literally but, just unconscious yeah uh, so Duff. i guess the, the final bit oh no no the next character we're going to cover is merlin so first time oh, we boy. see merlin in this episode is when he is dislocating his shoulder to escape i believe it's is it pendragon's army that has him I think it was whoever rolled up on the ruins. I, oh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was Pendragon because the mother, the queen regent, sent the spies. Uther didn't want yeah. those, them um, to go at all. The one quick thing I want to mention about this is I thought it was funny is because he dislocates his right shoulder and then immediately knocks out a guard with, with his, his right, right arm. Yes, yeah. I had that. I was like, what? Blame it on him being a magician. Just, yeah, I mean, like, sure. I mean, I'm sure he's probably used to dislocating his shoulder. Maybe that's a theory. But, like, I was just like, he immediately swings 
whatever uh, it was. I thought exactly the same up. thing. But I also have written down, I'm like, the willingness, I love in any show, the willingness to break a bone or dislocate yeah. a bone to get out of being tied up is dope. This yeah. one, to its credit, we just said not just said but earlier we said it doesn't have the sex scenes like you really need the r rating i feel like it has done a very good job of being violent and like bloody and gory we definitely get some scenes coming up too that are pretty yeah for sure agree Um, but anyway it goes from merlin right to the introduction of the fisherman right so cool awesome paul's girlfriend hottie boombalati comes back she she is a leper because she is speaking on behalf of the leper king oh yeah i guess that makes sense yeah and luke made it a point in one of the earlier episodes we're just going to call them afflicted they are lepers in the book, but like in the show, they're only referred to they're as referred like referred to as reflected. Okay. Um, so, but yes, like when Merlin went to go meet with uh, Rugen, he went and he had a talk to Hottie first. And now, um, like now, when Rugen wants to send the message, he sends, you know, hottest chick in the group to go get the yeah. message. Yeah, so finds this like. Well, he's introduced to fucking crazy. He's just there's some dude just Epic. yeah buried underneath Packing the ground. Packing a pipe, yeah. and there's just like this bamboo rod sticking out of the yeah, a boy. fresh patch of dirt, and you hear like muffled screams and stuff. He's got some Kill Bill like buried alive shit going on. Yeah. Just casually packing his pipe. Doesn't he blow smoke like blow right smoke, down? So don't don't we know right. that fishmongers love a nice. Oh gosh. Don't we know, we know it? <laughs> Shout out our mongers, baby. But yeah, the fisherman's awesome. That was, that was a, a badass introduction. That was a badass introduction. Um, um and they she also says uh like a nice little reference using the fisherman's name. She's like, It's time to catch the fish you've long sought after. Like Merlin, Merlin. the magician. Yeah, Merlin. Yeah. Um, um essentially, yeah, she's parlaying uh Rugen saying you're going to get 10 trunks full of gems if you kill Merlin for me. And well, that's they say Merlin Formo Shadow Lord, which is just one little detail yeah. that was cool that they threw in there. I love how, I love any information about the Shadow oh, Lords yeah. that they give. Um so next scene of uh Merlin we get is him seeking out some old woman. This scene yes. was just so confusing to me. I was like what the like who is this woman like Someone's her, like he's she notices him in the distance, like she walks over. It's her with her whole like family, whole gang yeah. of family, like kids, parents, uncles, aunts, you name it. They're all there at the barbecue. Yeah. Um, and Merlin's basically like, All right, it's time for you to like to pay me back, basically. Like <laughs> we have to go right now. He says <laughs> he he they start like talking to each other. You know something's up, and he says, Have you know, it looks like you guys are all happy. Have you been taken care of? And then he says so she you says acknowledge yes, yeah. that I kept my promises to you. The time has come for you to keep your promise to me. And she she understood. It looks like she just knows the deal, what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, I'm sitting there not having a clue of what's happening. I was um I was cracking up because when Merlin first got there, I was like, all right, like this is somebody else Merlin yeah. pissed off before. Like I can't wait to watch them curse him out. And then all of a sudden you realize Merlin actually does have some friends so, like hidden a monk correct me if i'm wrong but i think the only time we've heard of the midwife was merlin had an interaction with uther's queen region mm-hmm. where it was just them and he essentially says 
I'm the only one that knows Uther is illegitimate. And she says, yeah, but the only one that could prove it is the midwife. And she's been gone for years and years and years. And he was just like, yeah, or maybe I've been taking care of her and I know exactly where she is. And I've just been waiting to cash in on this. She's yeah. been in his back pocket the whole time. Oh, yeah. whole time. Merlin but, is a schemer with a capital S. Yes. scheme. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we're just, I guess we're, since we're still just going to cover this character, we're just going to jump right into it. Next scene we see of the fisherman is he slaughtered the shit out of that family. Like that family <laughs> yeah. is dead as bricks. Um, I did not see that coming. That was wild. Cause it was like, a, just a, like the first scene we see of them, they're just, you know, hanging out and like Merlin's like basically saying like, you guys are safe mm-hmm. and then they're not. Yeah. <laughs> and also something which I didn't learn until uh, Brian actually pointed it out to me, but the name of this episode is bring us good, bring us in good ale. And Brian is the one that told me that's actually what the fisherman is singing. And he's humming this whole time. Mm. Wow, I'm so astute. Yeah. You are. <laughs> I must be on a podcast or something. You must be watching with closed captioning. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, baby. Something like that. Closed caption game. But the fisherman, he's just a savage. Does not give a flying fadoodle yeah, about, and, about yeah, human living, life. Yeah. And the last thing we see before it, like the camera cuts and goes to the next scene is you know the little kids that were running around's arm. And the doll, shit. and yeah. the doll that was there. So we know that he. He's murders not afraid to murder kids. Everybody. Um, mm-hmm. Next Merlin scene we get is him meeting with Cumber, and he just whips out this woman again, and he's like, "Here's the midwife. Here's your fucking proof. She yeah. knows all the fucking details, all this stuff." And that was incredible. Like when we found that out that that was the midwife, I was like that makes so much sense yeah. like but it was like i didn't see it coming i like i saw it coming like 30 seconds before he actually says it so that yeah. doesn't count but i was like dude that makes so much sense yeah like, that's so cool it's yeah. so funny and like old timey shit like this it's like oh we're just trusting this woman with yeah. this old rag yeah the blood of the oh, yeah, stillborn the whatever yeah. that's yeah. what it was like the yeah. blood of the stillborn like this is the blood of my cousin yes sniffs, right sniffs it but yeah i'm like oh we're just trusting her okay cool yeah that's kind of how it goes because yep. there's no Google, there's no fact checking. It's, just, no whoever, DNA it's just whoever's voice is loudest, you know. So yep. that's all good. I don't know. Um, so what's the next Merlin we get? Yeah, that's actually it that's Merlin, it. That's right? it. Yeah, like I think yeah. we just see like Merlin. We see the fisherman. Yeah, the fisherman's just like watching him. Um, and then now finally we can get into all of the Arthur Gwayne, oh all gosh. that stuff. So finally <laughs> yeah. we get what we wanted. Of, like at least personally for me a fight between Arthur and the weeping monk. Like this is like, these are like, we knew that these were two of the better swordsmen in this world, at least right now. And boy, does the weeping monk just put him in his place. Oh, it's awesome. Well, we opened the scene. So I ended up watching five and six, right? One after another. Mm -hmm. And at the end of five, (laughs) the poor redhead gets just that arrow right to the neck. He wanted to be a squire. It was honestly a pretty sweet scene. And then, my, immediately my opens with the ba- fight. My salmon yeah. bear guy. Our boy it. Wagwan or whatever his name is. Yeah, I, I, liked him. I, I drew it myself. Yeah, yeah. Arthur was about to have a myself. friend and mm-hmm. now yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah. You know, this this is what the episode opens with. I agree. Like the this fight was sweet because the weeping monk can like do no wrong when it comes to like battle scenes for me, honestly, because when he was hostage earlier and like he was tied up was... and used squirrel as bait. And yeah. he kicked all those like six people's asses. Yeah. I was like, this guy's a, this guy's a beast. So again, he proves that he's like the strongest character we have seen so far. Um, 
you know, mm. in fights, like he's never lost. And he's yeah, just it's a clearly a one-sided fight. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I think Arthur gets a couple shots in. And but, so. I was wrong. I said the last thing I said in the last episode. We asked well, you if you <laughs> wanted to die on this hill. I, no, no, no. Uh, okay. I, I agree. That is <laughs> but I was like, oh, Squirrel's going to come in, jump, and push Arthur out of the and way of the arrow didn't happen i was a little upset close it was but yeah it was then, our boy gawain gawain Maybe not paul's it, boy i don't know well, how he feels i i might it's like pin all last over episode again. on the podcast was willing to die on the the hill that gawain's a bastard i didn't, didn't like, like bastard this was a good gawain episode for sure yeah. i didn't like how they introduced gawain at first i think that was intended though he was supposed to come off as well, like it worked because yeah. I talked mad <laughs> yeah. shit. I wasn't going to die on that hill yet because I had a feeling like they were just... It, it seemed too obvious that he was like just that that jerky guy to Arthur. Well, so like Luke I was like, dude, I really him. liked him. I liked like, him too. I oh, no I didn't really like him until this episode, if I'm being honest. But yeah, so he, six, saves, I thought he, was, he, he saves Arthur bad. and then they start retreating. Uh, together, they start retreating back so to the mill. The masses mm. of the Red Paladin started rolling up on the Fey right. villagers that they just At had. The mill, they all right. run into the mill. Um, but yeah, uh, Gawain runs to get Arthur. So they're all in this mill, essentially. This uh, is exactly what Arthur warned them against. Like, don't go on that yeah. on that mm-hmm. path, the one path they left. Yeah. To, to this mill, they're going to corner you. And yeah, right. and one of the last conversations that Arthur has uh, with Gawain at the end of episode six, right before this, he goes, oh, well, Gawain says, all right, everybody dismount. We're going to sneak up and see if we can get it. And Arthur is like, no, everybody stay on your horse with your bows ready. I think that's the best idea. So yeah. this was yet again, man blood, Arthur is right. Uh, but anyway, as they're running back, uh, Bergerum, who is the Green Knight's like sad, man. number two guy. He had um, a couple lines and he, you could see he was yeah. like an honest guy, you know. He that saved him too. He yeah, lined he up did. a shot. There, there was a red paladin who was riding on a horse uh, to kind of like strike down Arthur and the Green Knight you know shoots him with a bow but then he takes a bow to the chest and falls down before he can get into the mill so he saved Arthur and Gawain I I twitched a little bit I was like damn like that's a good guy just going down right there uh so they get into the mill and then they're just kind of staking taking stock of their situation there's a dozen paladins in the field probably twice that in the forest (laughs) so they're up against three dozen paladins and they're the only two ones there that are capable of fighting anyone Mm -hmm. so they can't fight their way out uh in this mill there's a food storage and a hatch in the basement otherwise it's just a rinkety old mill so they're screwed yeah yeah they like they take them to the little storage in the basement and they just you know they for what i guess just like hide just to prevent like arrows you know slipping in and maybe mm-hmm. hitting them so they just go they all go in the cellar except for like arthur gawain and maybe like a couple others yeah mm-hmm. um and then we get the weeping monk walking out yeah and then the weeping monk walks out and badass badass just, little strut like and torturing well before that one of the coolest fucking things we've seen uh, yeah well yeah. no 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 oh, like, uh, <laughs> like yeah yeah no 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 yeah yeah <laughs> the weeping monk is walking up Did that, that paul just almost knocked over a television i'm just hyped about the monk because he was walking up to bergam on the ground and I think it's Gwen is like, get me a bow. He takes a shot at the Weaving Monk, and the Weaving Monk just goes and knocks it aside. Yeah, so we know that he's that pretty sweet. more of a beast than we like ever thought. We know arrows are 
like no use against yeah because i was saying like why is he walking up there confidently why are you guys just like watching just shoot him before he torches your guy you guys have like a nice shot and then he deflects it and i'm like oh that's mm-hmm. why but honestly yeah i was gonna say there's a line i liked um gawain and uh arthur walking like bleeding and trying to get to the wherever it is and and gawain says do as i say and stop bleeding which is yeah. hilarious like yeah. such a good line like, stop bleeding you're, everything you're doing is annoying me. i love the bickering between uh gawain and arthur in this yeah. scene specifically the bromance is is reluctantly starting between mm-hmm. these two but for some reason i have the next scene being squirrel appears squirrel and- actually appears at the beginning of this scene okay. uh he comes okay. through the hatch in the basement and he just says today i shall kill paladins my Re- lord yeah, i, I have a legend it's just like what are you doing here squirrel squirrels one-liners are just always on the money uh so yeah essentially weeping monk and then yeah yeah weeping monk just says surrender the green knight we'll let the rest of you live Mm -hmm. uh and the green knight's about to give himself up and say oh you know die fighting take a few of them with me and arthur's just like you're a fool you're gonna get all of us like they're saying this but they're not they're gonna kill all of us anyway like even if you go out there we're all dead so there's no point in risking all that Gawain no. takes it to the next level though and says if you try to stop me again I'm gonna kill you um Arthur steps aside lets him go out but then Arthur takes matters into his own hands and shoots Bergerum so he gets a mirth fucking wild that mm-hmm. was like I, I mean great move by yeah. Arthur I think like had to do it Berg, Berg was suffering a lot I'm gonna call him Berg he's our boy <laughs> Berg was su- like he was, was the sword was being twisted in him like he was being tortured like yeah. that was a good death and like but I was just like holy shit like Arthur just fired that bow and why that's, this- a, that's a man blood shooting a fae like not <laughs> yeah. not good yeah. looks not good looks at all why this affected Gwen so much though is because this is the story that he told to magwan the episode before he told the story of how me and my brother my friend would go and kill all these red paladins one time i was stuck up in a tree and Cardin pulled out my brother with bandit and tortured him in front of me so this is happening all over him again and he says like that was the worst experience and i guess the I first had. time he ran so this time he didn't want to yeah, do that he's again. like i can't live with myself if i do it again mm-hmm. to which you know explains a little bit of why he did it you know because it is a dumb decision you go out there they're going to kill everybody anyway yeah so a little time passes and the red paladins start firing flaming arrows at the hut mm-hmm. to kind of try yep. and bait them out just to if they can spark anything, that thing, all of them are going down. Which is like, why didn't you guys do that in the beginning? I don't know if they had like the oil and shit ready. Like, I think they made it a, a deal well, to say like the oil. We actually find out in one of the later episodes, you know, the Weeping Monk wants Green Knight alive. So that explains it. The show yeah. does like have a lot of instances where it's like, why the hell would they do that? And they explain it later on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is credit to one, the show. Yeah, th- I was ripping it, but it is credit. But this um, is, this one, is one cool little fact, yeah. real quick. When Gwen walks out there to like go and save Bergram and give himself up, he opens the door, has a sword, just cuts the three arrows in the door in oh, half, yeah. and just walks out. Yeah, it was Dude, a badass. Movie. I know. I couldn't talk more about how I like Gwen. I used to hate him. Now I like him. Yeah, when he does that, that was hard. He was about to kick some ass. He was about to go out with a bang. That would have been sweet to see that. Arthur beats him. But um, so next uh, we have the Green Knight talking to basically Arthur and Squirrel just saying, like, I'm going to save all of you. Like, I'm going to be the one to make this valiant sacrifice. Arthur's like, no, don't do it. Uh, he basically tells Squirrel to lead the Fae out. 
and then Gwyn and Arthur have a phenomenal Moment. scene right here. I, I like well, this. This scene not was only incredible. That, but the Green Knight makes him his new number two. He said, "Bird." Bergram's dead now. I need a new number two. Can that be you? Can I trust you to lead? Like, this is an important job. Mm. Squirrel's the man. They, the like, Green Knight sees a spark in Squirrel, too. Like, it's gotten to the point where he's not just some punk kid anymore. He's like, he's got some funk to him. Yeah. Dude, I'm seeing a little bit of Naruto Uzumaki in Squirrel. Yeah. Just believe <laughs> it, man. He's going to be Hokage someday. Believe it. I'll they start gushing about Squirrel for the episode nine oh. scene. Oh, yeah. That is if the we best. get there. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. Like, I hope we get there. For um, that. Right before we get to this fight, uh, like you said, um, Queen was telling Squirrel to, like, lead him out after me and Arthur go out there. Yeah. And Arthur stops Queen and is like, wait. Like, before we die together, I need to know one thing. Like, do you love Nimue? And I don't know. What did you guys think about I that? I thought it was fine. I thought, I thought it was, it was great. absolutely yeah. so, fine. To, I was just about to say, I love that, like, he just was out front. and was just like, do you love her? Dude, he was just like, before we die, I gotta know. He, well, he I goes, gotta know. And I, I gotta Nguyen's know. He was like, do you need to know right now? Like, I agree that Gawain was like, he, well, oh, you need to know this. And right what now. Arthur says, I need to know if I'm dying with a brother or a rival. I like that line too. That, that was a great. I think that, that I, awesome. it's a little corny for me because I don't believe in Nimue and Arthur's relationship really. I'm not, that's not doing well, Arthur it believes in Arthur and Nimue's relationship. I know. And that's why it, if I believed it, this conversation would have been like, hit me right in the feels. But I, instead yeah. I was left kind of with like, wow, this doesn't seem that important right now. For sure. <laughs> um, but I did love it in the way that I love any kind of relationship and feel stuff. And yeah. I'm like, I'll take this. But in a, I'm looking at Paul right now and I'm like, it was a little. Dude, and like, what are you going to do? Like, if he says, yes, I love Nimue, I say, no, never mind. Like, I'm going to run out with everybody else. He just had to know. I like that scene. I not it only too. liked it, I thought two, that was two, one two of the better interactions between yeah. two characters in, well, in the series yeah, so far. Yeah, and I'm glad we get clarification on how Gawain feels about her. I mean, that's good because we didn't know. I'm like, that, he's trying to bang her. Yeah, Who's yeah. Who? I said that you know? um, last recording. I was like, how like, Green Knight comes across like a douche. At one point, he says like to Arthur, oh, thanks for saving my Nimue. I was like, how are you just going to like call her like yours? And then we find out this episode, he thinks of her more like a daughter or a sister. sister yeah. 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 So I was like, okay. I think this puts into perspective how Gawain's been acting. He was just being like the defensive older brother because he obviously was picking up on the vibes that Arthur was putting out. I think he was just intentionally like looking out for Nimue, exactly, just being just sure, a brother. And then, just betting the guy. And they fucking kicked some goddamn <laughs> fucking ass. Out they, there. Yeah, oh yeah, they did. That was definitely so, was that a bro moment. They had that um like slow little. They were standing next to each other and then they started walking and then they started to do the slow jog i yeah. thought of spider-man in uh civil war when he was like oh wait yeah. we're, we're running now we're running. Yeah, we're running. <laughs> <laughs> and paul before we move on they hit each other with the gladiator shake they did shout out spartacus i literally before thought of class i was like guys. wow yeah i definitely that's also the main we meet here. again in yeah. 100 it's an important it, it stands for a lot. It's very important to binge town TV this this <laughs> forearm shake. Uh, but anyway, so we, we get a lot happens right now. They run out of this burning mill in a blaze of glory. Um two V, what'd you say, thirty six or something like that? Thirty six, yeah, exactly. Point, and they just yeah. start sla well, to their credit or against the Red Paladins, they go single file line to take them one-on-one -on -one <laughs> combat instead of just making a circle and like swarming them it's the wolves episode so one all over like again two v two v two v two v two so it's like no they don't take on 36 which i thought was kind of dumb but whatever we'll we'll let it go Still because epic. It's awesome it was scene. good it was good epic. Wait, um, where was the weeping even, monk 
Yeah, he was he around. Turned, he, when he like so yeah he after, just didn't want to want to get in on that after one. i know after he uh tortures like that whole scene and uh arthur shoots berg um he like storms off pissed off and then that's, he shoots an arrow gone. but he, he does come back a little bit but like yeah i agree it was like i thought the same thing too i was like where is the weeping monk during this whole we transaction? see him he just kind of appears once nimway shows up but yeah i gotta take us take us through this so the mill is on fire this scene gets right, better and better right before it burns down like you see squirrel in the background of arthur and gawain fighting off paladins they get out of the mill before it like collapses on itself Nimway essentially just turns the burning mill into a vortex tornado thing. We see Kaze, like a lot of moving parts are happening at the same time. We see Kaze come out of the woods to like grab our homies, Arthur, and uh, like there's darkness covering the sky. There's ash everywhere. You can't see anything. Um, so they they conceivably get away, and then we get a close up of the weeping monk within the fog, and one of his own paladins runs right up to him, and he has to like take him out because he can't see what's going on. He thinks it's an enemy, and this is harping back to the beginning of the episode when uh, Kaze, Nimue, and Morgana are in the valley that the Kaliak had. They were telling the story of how the Kaliak affected the Romans in 20,000 people. Uh, the brothers battle in that fog. brothers blood. Yeah. Because uh, uh, the Kaliak conjured this fog okay. and brothers <laughs> killed brothers. Didn't in the pick fog. up on that. The paladins are fighting each other in this fog that Nimue just conjured. Yeah. I thought that Nimue, was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, the that fact that Nimue was... got that idea to do that just from yeah. the story, it was like perfect. I really like that scene too. Like the mm-hmm. close up of the weeping monk, just like, yeah, completely. Like I just killed one of my own, like, is the Weeping Monk, like, do we agree he's one of our favorite characters to follow right Hell now? Hell yeah, like, yeah story definitely. Is, His storyline ha- picked up probably the so most. much. Him and Merlin, just yeah. But we'll get there. We'll we will get there. We will get there. Too much Nimway, none of Merlin. So, yeah, uh, but yeah. Arthur, the Green Knight. Yeah, and all Red Paladins are killing each other, right? Like, they're all just, like, murdering. They're just swinging. Yeah, this they're scene that looked dire turned out very good for our heroes because squirrel got the phase out of squirrel got the phase out of there mm-hmm. uh arthur green knight are alive every all of our people are getting mm-hmm. out of their safe kaze and, ran up and like grabbed him by the shoulder and was like come yeah. with me yeah. we gotta go yeah, so we're good. we're good and then they all get they all return back to nemesis and you see well before that you just see the weeping monk after everything subsided and you know the phase aren't there anymore yeah. And he just has a moment of like pure anger. I just love that character. Yeah. He expresses it so well. He doesn't say much and he like he shows so much emotion. But yeah. Speaks a lot. So the next scene that we get is them back going back to the the Fey Haven. What is the name of the Fey? Nemos. Nemos. Um and Nimue and Arthur have a kiss, you know. They're just yeah. like, I'm so glad you're alive. She was like, oh, I don't, Arthur's like, I don't like it when you save me. I like saving you. Yeah. I have a note here that just Nimue says, I still says. don't buy Narthur, dude. Yeah, they cannot either. shove this ship down my down my throat. Mm-hmm. I'm just not buying it, what they're selling. Narthur or Arthway? What Northway. do we like? Narther. That's me, though. <laughs> Northway. Yeah, I was just going to say, can we do Narthway? Yeah, Narther is too yeah. Arthur dominant. True. Yeah, for sure. But so 
I don't know if I'm going to miss anything by jumping into the Queen's speech. Am I it's missing anything? Like you miss Gawain is just like, hey, listen, I kind of got everybody under this roof, but I, I can't take these people any further. Like, I'm just a knight. I'm doing all I can. Like, you, you're the person that actually can you're give their them only, hope. Midway, like, you're my only hope. That's <laughs> what that. it is. He, he's just laying it out on the table. He says, these are your people. Like, they need guidance, and I can't give it to them, but I think you can. Yeah, it was what Kaze was saying earlier, and she's mm-hmm. hearing it again from Gwen. And then she gets up on the mic. I mean, we've been waiting seven episodes for her to just take charge. Yeah. And this was epic, and I don't have any of the lines written down. But seeing everyone scene. following her and screaming queen of the fae, fae queen, fae queen. Fae fae queen. Yeah. It's good. I a little bit of the speech written down if we want to yeah, hear it. Okay. I was just finally happy that Nimue's like, seven episodes deep and i mean she's yeah. done some Wait. dope this is also things. Tra- this was back in like the first episode that deer whispered fake queen you know and here we are we finally yeah. get her the fake we're getting queen. we're getting little shots of iris too she sees that they've returned um and she's not really doing anything yeah so wait so the Does only person iris? who will recognize iris is whole grain Whole grain, Morgana. Morgana. I haven't called her whole grain in a hot minute. <laughs> Why are we calling her whole grain? Because her name was Ingrain, but I no, couldn't. No, no, ex- it was E-grain. and See, he could like, not. In episode one, God, he could not know. fucking figure it out. So he, that <laughs> was just like a stupid grain. joke, and I, I love loved it. it. But anyway, yeah. So Morgana's the only one because it's not. I think as N- Nimue like Nimue. saw her, but I don't know if she would like remember her or yeah. not. Like it, it, it probably it, not. She like had if, a lot yeah, going if, on. Like she didn't recognize her, I'd be okay with it. But if she did, it's like. Was Morgana in the room when Morgana and and Iris was actually the first person she saw when they woke up and then Morgana comes in and is like, get the hell out of here. Like you're interrogating her basically. So like she could definitely still recognize her, but maybe not without the whole get up on. Did they have an interaction? I think they you mean uh, Morgana and Iris. Iris. Yes, there was in the episode after Nimue was. I think they they saw it and Morgana uh, just didn't recognize her at all. Oh, you mean afterwards, like when she's not? Yeah, maybe. I don't just... think they have because I would have been like, "Why aren't you?" Yeah, I've been waiting for somebody to well, recognize between Iris. Nimue leaving the Abbey, um, and Morgana leaving the Abbey. I think they had an interaction at the Abbey together, Iris and Morgana. Maybe Does that makes yeah. sense. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. She's just up to no fucking speaking good. Speaking of Morgana and no good, to end the episode, it is the chanting of the Fey Queen, and we get the close up of Morgana. Just, She's zombie style. She was zombie. I the fucking bo- hated it too. <laughs> the spider was crawling across. Like we know she's gonna, we know she's going to be evil, but that really was just like that was. I was pissed awesome. that they zombified her. I was just getting callbacks to Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye in the Avengers Part One, where in the beginning of the movie Loki just like zombifies yeah, yeah, yeah. him and he's just kind of a pussy for the rest of the movie and i hope they didn't do that to morgana because she had a lot going she's on she's still herself I but i think interested. the kaliak is going to feed her her the darkness that's going to be growing inside of her like mm. she ends up uh, like i don't much i'm not sure if you know this but she is an evil person and king Arthur yeah, 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 like, yeah she's like the main villain almost um but that's the end of the yeah end of I, the episode I, I, real quickly i just feel like i don't i talk a lot of bad about nimway and i don't praise her so much so i just want to go back and say that her speech you know it wasn't that bad. It was pretty good. Give us some good. of it. It was like, I yeah, think it, it thank you. Out. I've been dying to talk about <laughs> yeah. this speech. Thank you. Thank you. So she says, the Red Paladins took everything from me. My, my mother, my father, my family, everything but this, the sword of our people. 
The, kings of, the kingdoms of man have fought wars over it. Stored within this blade is the cumulative power of our ancestors. They call this the sword of the first kings, but I claim it as the sword of the first queen. Epic. Dude. I mean, and yeah. she's you better in stop. There. She, is, she is laying claim to her queendom, and I love it. The phase are about it, too. Yeah, yeah Gawain saved it, though, or too. When he like he was the first one to say like the fake queen, oh, yeah, because that would have been awkward. Everybody <laughs> saw that the King of the North episode of Game of Thrones, of and they realized it was a winning recipe. So now everybody's just doing the chant. And yeah, like you said, we saw uh, Holgrave Morgana as a zombie. We also get a little evil-eyed Iris, just yeah, looking sexy, looking hot. Yeah, yeah so we're, gonna, <laughs> we're gonna talk. We're gonna just mention this real quick. Me and Paul are team Iris is hot. Obviously, <laughs> a lying, deceiving bitch, but very <laughs> her character. Is I am shook evil. by this fact. <laughs> We're not going to dive too deep into it, but I am shook by this fact. Maybe respect this actress. I think that she resembles Pensatucky from Orange Is the New yes. Black. Which take that as a compliment as or not? You will. Yeah, yeah take you, it as you will. As you will. I've been told. God. I have literally been told that that someone thinks I remind them of Pensatucky, which is truly offensive to me <laughs> okay and so you could take that as you will in regards to iris <laughs> tragic but speaking of game of thrones there's a part in the next episode where they oh, say tell Cardin and the wolf blood witch the green knight sends their regards and i was like that is game of thrones that oh, is yeah. literally game of thrones yep. stolen straight from the script and they say that a few more times coming up. Lannis like, send mm. their regards. Yeah, I see. Oh, yeah. But overall vibes for episode six, definitely. Good seven. Seven. Seven, I mean. Yeah, yeah I seven. And by the way, I want to correct myself. I was talking about the redhead getting shot at the end of episode five. I meant six into seven. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So that was the end anyway. of episode seven. Definitely another tier one episode from this show. Definitely. I mean, yeah. it just, I mean, that was better than the episode before it. Yeah, you know, This agree. episode eight, the fake queen, you know, that I think that was better than the episode before. It keeps getting better. Yeah. Like I said earlier, we'll be covering each episode character by character. So here we'll start with Cumber. So we start with Idris, her, uh, his daughter, kind of just going town to town, just spreading news about King Uther being a fraud. It's midwife propaganda. He's yeah. taking the midwife around to like taverns just to show the people, start spreading this rumor. You see the guy from Family Guy come in the corner. He's, he points in the to the tower and he's just yeah. like, you're a phony. <laughs> you're a phony. That phony. So we get that. Um, and then the next scene we get is Merlin actually visiting Cumber at his campsite. And he basically is asking Cumber to protect Nimway. Hmm. He says, like, thank you for giving me, like, the midwife. Now, like, what is it? Like, yeah, obviously, he brings the midwife with him. Obviously, like, what is, what am I paying you now? Yeah. And he says, nothing, just the protection of one fake girl. Mm -hmm. Under Understatement of the century. Yeah. <laughs> just the protection of one simple yeah. thing, Faye. He gave the Please. least amount of details oh, yeah. he needed to. He was like, uh, he didn't even give the name, didn't give the fact that, you know, She's a fey boss, yeah, and everything. He did say what's her name, and she he says Nimway, but that's it. No, yeah. like anything else. Mm -hmm. so yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, I was just gonna transition us to the next scene, unless you wanted to keep mentioning. No, 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 no. So it's just basically, um, he's like, you know what, Are you hungry? Like, let's sit down and talk. And you know, they go over to his tent, 
and they, he opens the the the, the can i was gonna say door but there's no door i don't know yeah. what we call it so, but whatever he opens the door we'll say and lo and behold father Cardin is sitting right there at the dinner table Ooh. just scheming with a capital s just yeah. who knows what the heck he's up to right now but um so yeah it's just father Cardin, cumber and merlin just gathered at the dinner table and Cardin brings the map of all of what basically depicting all of what he owns yeah. as uh, a symbol to cumber like you can be in control of all of this basically and cumber's just like i don't want that shit like cumber says like y- you took these lands by yourself without asking me what do you mean like you're i'm your, giving them back they were my lands like they were my rightful me, lands. yeah you're calling me your king but like you're doing you're doing your own shit yeah and yeah. i don't like that at all so what the red paladins are asking for what cardin is asking for is give us the fey queen and you can have the sword of power correct yeah because father cardin is in possession of the sword of power obviously so he's just like look if you bring the fey girl to us we'll give you the sword of power and then you can rule as what's rightfully yours and then that's when merlin kind of just like laughs and is like that's just like that's a stupid deal you shouldn't do that but then he's like that's merlin is but this scene is really cool because he's like he recognizes father carton's like like uh accent i guess he's like oh you're from you're from dunro like you're from basically a backwater town like i thought that was real like getting that backstory on father carton that brief little bit of backstory on father carton because i'm a huge father carton guy so it's interesting to see how he came up but it was basically just a backwater Mm -hmm. village his parents were minor uh like miners and we know something bad happened and you know merlin spits out a good quote he's just like you follow god but that di- like the day that your village got torched or whatever like god left you yeah so i thought that was a really good quote but i think that whole scene is very well done like it's just three of the more interesting people just all in a room together well father Cardin killing it as usual his actors amazing usual. merlin i love And, you know, we're just learning more and more about Cumber. So I loved this scene. It was like the meeting of, like, all the big heads. But, yeah, and then Cumber just denies the church. And he's like, look, you took all that from me. I'm going to take it back from you. And then Father leaves saying, well, either way, the fair are going to be destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Father Cardin says, um, you know, if you're not with the Red Paladins, then you're with the fae. And Cumber's like, I'm with myself. All All I look out for the best interests of myself you know who cumber reminds me of you're on great joy yeah. like just a I was getting, thing that's like oh no i'm putting my fucking pat in the ring they were probably both in, they were probably both introduced in like rainy weather just slaughtering some random <laughs> exactly thing. so like yeah definitely there's definitely you're on great so right just I'm feels gonna... like a third party almost coming in being like no yeah. i'll throw my hat in the ring for a claim for the throne sure mm-hmm. let's do it i am getting some uh game of thrones vibes just from the whole clash of kings ordeal you know there are several people competing for this sort of power sorry you hate to keep comparing but it's too hard not to game of thrones is like the bible where it comes from (laughs) everything else kind of just comes from that then we get a brief scene of uther uh just bitching to his mother like all this shit's happening to me what the fuck i love uther dude my first note is uther Uther is a pussy mommy issues (laughs) yeah (laughs) Didn't so? Who else had that same exact? You no, no, no. I had Merlin had oh. mommy issues, and that's why he uh, hooked up with Lenore. But yeah, is this so- the scene where the Queen Regent essentially just like 
puts him in his place and says like you're I'm not nothing. your mother i'm not yeah, your is mother. this the scene though? yeah okay yeah, yeah, like, yeah she reveals the truth and I thought she that says was awesome well did, did uther already know that and she was just reminding him this scene was sweet because i don't have good notes so uther barges in and he's like why would you send men to intercept merlin like why would you do that i had it and you ruined it and then he's like to go on top of that now we have rumors of the midwife coming around and all these rumors are spreading to the people and i'm losing my people's faith like please tell me these rumors are rumors yeah he's like please say it's just one of merlin's foolish so i guess yeah at this yeah point, that's he had like a kind of yeah. idea of what was going on and then she just yeah unleashes all the she's a savage she, she is i really like her i hate her whoa so i liked her dude she says like tell me like they were never part or uther saying like tell me that was one of merlin's uh parlor tricks and she first thing she says is like i was never meant to raise children like what like, I guess relax. at this point, I like her because at this point in the story, I dislike Uther so much. I feel like Uther doesn't get any redeemable qualities until next episode where he starts taking charge for himself. But right now, I'm so team queen regent pulling the strings and that he's just like the figurehead. Tom, yeah. obviously. She lays down the law. She's like, you're nobody now. I'm the queen mother or the mother queen or whatever yeah. she's called. Queen no. regent. I, I was talking about this in the last episode. I was talking to Uther up so much because he's such an unperfect king. Like, he, yeah. he's not sure. And he, he reminds me of, like, Kylo Ren almost in a sense where he's in this position of power where everybody looks up to him, but he has, like, mental issues going on that he needs to figure out. He's, like very unsure and still young and and growing yeah um do we get uther anywhere other than his quarters he's out in some horses in in the wilderness well coming up he will be out in the castle okay but right now he's just been in that's all we get all we get is mom scenes merlin scenes yeah, I think that's really it, it, really. Yeah, He's the king, him. though. What People telling him what to do, basically. So, yeah, he can't just leave. He is the king. We're not going to lie. I don't think we're going to get to episode nine in this, but I'm going to say the mom and Uther scene in the next was probably one of my favorite scenes of the whole series. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I agree. 100% agree. All right, so this is where we get Nimue and company. If, Paul, you want to lead us through this. Yeah, so uh, we have Nimue and Arthur um, and Gwen in this meeting with this smuggler and the smuggler is saying i have three ships coming in six days like i can get your people out um and nimue isn't like sure what to do at this point um because they know they can't hide nemos forever and they're not getting any stronger so she's just struggling to decide what to do and And they have to defend themselves for six days and that's like the big like difficult decision um so they get back to nemos and they're having a discussion about it with the entirety of nemos with like the big heads there and she's saying like this is an option like basically what does everybody think and we're getting different sides like morgana is just saying like stay and fight right she's all corrupted they're all they're all talking their different opinions and then that's when and that's when like the weeping monk we we have seen at this point the weeping monk has been trailing them through like blood and uh like clothes and stuff like that and so there was a scout however from nemos that saw that he had mentioned like we're moving out to nemos like we're gonna take it Mm -hmm. and so she darts off yeah she knows they're coming and as as brian said 
She is this gazelle fay. Yeah. And she's a she's a boss, man. She can move. She ran oh, yeah. fast and like so as they're having this meeting, she comes in and she's like, "Hey, red paladins are coming here. We got to make a decision on what to do." So the decision gets made for them. Then mm-hmm. essentially it goes from let's try and rough it out in Nemos as long as we can to we don't have any more time to stay here. We have to go take this ship option, but they have 6 days to kill, so they said, "Where can we get safety for six days until the ships are prepared and then way comes up with well let's take back Grimaire. it's mm. our land to begin with let's take it back and that's the same town that arthur's uncle is in Ector. or maybe he's like the the landlord the lord of the land yeah, yeah. He is, yeah. yeah. he's yeah. a lord he's a lord the word yeah. landlord did come from like lords <laughs> of the land yeah, Makes yeah. Sense. from like days of serfdom so i wasn't completely wrong no, yeah, yeah, no that, you're that right is, there uh, you're right there his name? Ector, yeah, yeah he's there okay. so they without an h so they end up making that decision to go to grammar and yeah. to they, get know, resources, they know at this point that the red paladins have also occupied grammar it wasn't Correct, previously yeah. occupied but um so they get now they get Nimway, Nimue has a you know line at the end where it's like, all right, let's go to Grimir. Like they want a fake queen. Like let's they give want them a the fake flood let's, witch. Yeah. Let's give it to them. That's Dude, yeah. This was one of my favorites. Are we going right into her rolling up on uh, Grimir? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do it yeah. because okay. It's epic. Her the scenes of her just coming out of the forest like on her solo, just glistening white horse, looking like a badass. And the one putz that's on like the top of the castle, like, oh, it's the it's the wolf blood witch. <laughs> He's thinking <laughs> send an entire battalion into the forest where they're not going to be safe and we can't look at them and shit. Like just sending these people to their death. It was just <laughs> clearly a chain of command that was so incompetent yeah. that they just fell right for the bait. And Nimue just it, draws she... out a, a good like a good do- dozen baker's dozen at least. Oh, out yeah, there. dozen men. Like it's at least yeah, thirty. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It's a it's... can of sardines out there. <laughs> and some. It's a can of sardines. And I'm some. so glad she actually used the vine in the forest for yeah. this one it's like this, that's yeah, she's what you get on her upon face the swords. truly the little, that's what i imagine when she's yeah. using her power the little details of her using the power her power and the sword um this scene was sweet i don't know if you know it but so the red paladins like came up and they see nimue on her knees with the sword in the ground and she's you know she's praying yeah. like talking to them and then the vine starts to come out and I don't know if you saw, but like at the bottom, little blades of grass started like actually going towards and touching the sword. Did like they? It was, yeah, it was going through the her, like a medium, hmm. and um, and then you see the vines going out to them, and her just looking up, and then just seeing a vine come in and snatch the guy in the and then back. The cutscene is just the dude getting whiplash like, through the face. his face. Yeah, yeah. dude, gruesome. That's I what wanna... we were talking about earlier with the like the brutality of the. I want to stop it right here just to say up until this point, I haven't gotten a chance to comment, but every time they show the sword of power, 10 out of 10, they do it mm-hmm. so right down to every sound of it being unsheathed. The mystical twinkling. Like, oh, yeah. Close caption. Close it was, caption. I, I never got a chance to say, but when it was the wolf scene, the original Kathleen scene when she was taking down wolves, this. you guys commented it was a little cheesy, the action sequence, but when she first wields the sword I was saying like, like it was the cool rain the droplets rain, yeah, are like frozen, that's what I, mentioned. I just have to comment like on how good it's 
think what you will of the show, they have been killing it with the sword. And if anything, that's what they should be killing it with. Absolutely. That is the entire lore of the Arthurian yeah. legend. That's what everybody's you know? fighting I've been pretty hyped about the CGI in this. It can be really distasteful in a lot of shows like this, but it, it's done pretty well. And I like the repetition here. Now. I like the repetition here when in like she's all done killing. She just trots back on the horse, just yeah. returns by Let's, herself. Um, I'm, I'm going to rewind a second. We, <laughs> we did forget to mention that previous to Nimue coming out, Arthur, Gwaine, basically like a bunch of fey warriors were already in Grimir. Oh, yeah. They were undercover Epic. in, yeah, in like cloaks and like in carts, like right. p- completely disguised. So when she's, Nimue... She's acting as the distraction yes, right now. Yes, Nem- so when Nimue uh, came out and basically pulled most of the Red Paladins away, Gwaine, Arthur, and the rest of Nemos were just kind of taking out Red Paladin silently one by yeah. one and eventually took out all of their archers up top. Mm-hmm. And then and then we see Nimue coming the back out. Yeah. And the dude here, you were like, oh, send in more men, send in more men. Was yeah. going, send in more men, send in more men. <laughs> yeah. And he, like the guy was like, no. Like, we're not going to send in more my, men to do it. Um, and I'm so glad this douche got what's coming to him later. Yeah, she well, enters and she struts in because they're all fearful. And yeah, they when just... he first sees her, it's less of like it's he seems scared and shook. And yeah. He's like, uh, like you said, he's a doofus. Whoever said that. And then when he almost seems like he's leading the pack when he starts to fight Nimue, yeah. and I'm like, wait, does this guy have any sort of power? Because that's not what yeah. they made him out to be. Yeah, he looks he, he shook. comes out of the back like while Nimue's like entering the the city or the town, and he's just like. I'll deal with you like one on one. Let's go right now. And her trotting into the gate was pretty badass. That was yeah. some slow and steady. She was and confident. Yeah. She got off her horse. She knew she was gonna kick some ass. Big clit energy. And yeah, there was a good, <laughs> very, that. very good fight. Nimue seems to almost be defeated when she calls upon the sword one more time to just absolutely murder this guy. Just slice him in half. This Take this asshole. Get him out of here. Iris walks up and sees this and is fuming at that half body. Like, Dude, she is was, crazy. I am scared. Hottie McFoddy <laughs> was crazy. definitely fuming. <laughs> yeah, dude. Are you a little hot turned on? I am shook by this. I can't stop being shook at you guys Dude, Paul's thinking he's two girls are Hottie McCotterton waitress and freaking Iris. Well, yeah, um, Nim- one thought. he actually thinks and one he does not. Nim- you be the judge. <laughs> yeah. Nimway's down for the count and Iris is like, ready to just murder her but Gwen's like oh little girl just she's got a butter knife in her pocket she's yeah, ready she's, whoa, whoa. This, this is after i was gonna say we're we're getting a little out we so, are but so still. this is after. Okay. um but after um you know nimue cuts this red powder in half she's laying unconscious on the ground and they're about to approach her and then you hear Gawain say like nobody move everybody drop your weapons and then you look up all of the red paladin archers are gone and all the fey archers are standing up looking down it was so sweet so the all these actors had hours and hours in the makeup chairs before this these deer humans the fey do look good for as much as they are in it they do look really Uh good uh so yeah the fey are lining the battlements and someone like they say go ahead and like make a run at her if you want to and what like two guys do and they get immediately shot yeah that was a sweet (laughs) and then says like try it again like i dare you like 
Put was, your money on being quicker than one of my Fey archers. It yeah. was awesome. <laughs> yeah, he called him like the Tusker archers or yeah. something like that. And I was like, this one fake cool. clan. Yeah, the fake and scrap for sure. Uh, yeah. Then the next scene is. I'm just- happy to see the fake and scrap, by the way. Yeah, because okay. we seemed I am Faye, just for the record, if we're gonna I, declare. Okay. Let's do, let's, <laughs> Should let's we talk. declare? I was just gonna ask Faye. this earlier. If you had to be in one like I don't know, race or community or kingdom, wh- who would you be here? Would you any be any one of you pick red paladins? I'm pissed. Oh, I'm a dude, we're not friends with you anymore. As as some of you know, World of Warcraft, I play and druid? I'm a druid. Yeah, so you so I'd be a Merlin. Yeah, yeah. I'd follow Merlin. I'm I go for the underdog. I'll be just a magic. I would just want magic. Dude, just... I don't know. Should I be on like the Red Spear, like one of the Northern Raiders? That's cool. <laughs> yeah, be... the captain is dope. Dolph is dope. Yeah, yeah. Paul does look like a raider. For those of you who don't know, Paul's just <laughs> brimming. With... What are you not following us on he's Instagram? Always and seeing our stories. He's just bloodthirsty. Brian. <laughs> Red spear does sound nice. I would probably just be like Nimway, wield like, the sword of power. You know, what is she? Really chosen what is she, one. Just, I think she that's the only role I could realistically be. She was. What is she? A sky, sky, sky folk? people. Sky yeah, pe- sky folk. Sky, sky folk. crew. Sky crew. Sky <laughs> crew. Um, shout out the hundred. Um, so sure. then oh, we get. She's binge crew. Yeah. Can't narrow. She has not. Now, out the now we get one of Kathleen's favorite scenes of Nimway waking up to see her bestie. Yes, and I like this line where Nimway's like, "Am I dead?" And Pin's just like, "No, I lived." Like so funny. Like no, I lived. How? How could? And this is where we get the Pim explanation because on our first episode, it's like, okay, we're just supposed to expect Pim is alive somewhere. How is she alive? But I like that they explain. Yeah, we've been keeping up. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad they did. You know, bring her like an actual explanation. She said the arrows started flying, and she I just ran. turned around and ran. Paul, you said something like this earlier, but this show is really good at quickly covering the holes that they had in their plot. Like within an episode or two, mm. they give explanation for something that we had caught and been like, that doesn't really add up. But they they have filled it in pretty. Oh well. yeah, definitely. So Nimue is drained from using the sword of power and, you know, she finally wakes up to Pim being over her. Pim is now saying like, hey, like I, you know, helped you get better. I need you to do something for me now. And she picks her up, grabs her by the hand and she brings her to Dolph. Ugh. This is a heartbreaking scene. We're show. sad. And I, I just want to give a shout out because I keep saying I don't really believe in these relationships and they barely, Pim and Dolph didn't have any screen time. No kisses, but I am full fucking in on Pim and Dolph. My minnow, my Pim. Yeah, I the love best my relationship. Minnow. The best Min- relationship in the show. Him calling her minnow was precious. Dude, mm. In the last episode, we didn't say the actual quote, but when Dolph gives her the Sigurd necklace, he says, she says, but who will protect you? He says, ha, ah, my minnow will sew me up. I love I like, that. Ah, yeah. no, and so, I mean, this is a great <laughs> example of sm- like small amounts of screen time, but really a relationship I'm buying into. So mm. it's really hard because you can have someone like Nimue and Arthur, plenty of screen time, and I'm not yeah. necessarily buying in. I don't know what the formula is, <laughs> but damn, was I sad to see Doff die in this yeah. scene. Boy, Boy if the world we? knew what that formula was, <laughs> yeah. my gosh, if you could pinpoint it, you'd be a millionaire. Exactly. Yeah. So we come in, we see Doff on the stretcher and a bunch of his raiders around him. And Pim explains, you know, I need your help to save him. I, I wasn't enough. Um, then when he's like, I'm tired and I'm drained. And the sword, I like, I, I can try using my powers though, and it doesn't work. And it is, you know, we get Pim 
coming out and putting the necklace of Sigard onto him, and he's grabbing it with his last strength and gives it to her. You and need it more than I do, oh and he's yeah. like, it's too far gone. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was a tough I, pill to swallow and i did not see it tears, it was tears. but i was glad that Nimue's powers shot. didn't work because yeah, that would have been corny to me and i i think it hits harder that it didn't work and that yeah. Nimue isn't just able to use her powers with whatever she wants for sure magic comes from pain as we know from the yeah. magicians and <laughs> it, it like magic has a cost which we learn limitations and in limitations universe. so it doesn't it is and nimue is nowhere near being able to control this magic within her yeah so i'm glad that they didn't i'm very glad they didn't i think it makes the mm -hmm. scene that much more special like powerful yeah 100 so it's in this scene that she walks away and tries to give the necklace to one of Dolph's brothers from the mm -hmm. red spear him right away yeah yeah because she's trying to be honorable she's like uh this guy only knew me for like a couple weeks I, I can't accept this gives it to one of her brothers and the brother's like he would kill me from valhalla if i took this from you man. I, like this is yours like you two had something i love I that great. line yeah. i loved dude. everything about this scene yeah like, it's what you said dude they just nailed the formula well correct me if i'm wrong but the the red one of the red spear guys like looked at nimue and was like you have a friend uh, in the red spears now yeah, yeah. They're which i thought which is awesome yeah. an ally finally yeah. got an army the fact Pim's that the raiders <laughs> like still liked Pim, like even though you know they could be mad yeah. at him for letting his friend die they were like hey like you tried like even got nimway to try like could Pim be the next captain of the that's red spears? The, i think no has gotten so many brownie points with the red spear just from like helping their captain giving them the tip about the red paladins like i think she is an ally of the red spear if nimue is an ally of pim the red spear is sympathetic to her cause yeah, agreed. it was agreed. cool Love that it. they were cool with them i yeah. honestly thought that was a flawless way to get pim back to nimue as well she's yep. just like red paladins they it flawlessly just comes together, together. instead of something that feels forced him needs agree. another man now <laughs> yeah. she needs a new man ripped off she, she, she needs some time to recover though yeah. from her last all right so the next nimue scene we get is actually her being summoned quote unquote by ector and she was like summoned like what do you mean summoned i'm the i'm the queen I'm right. so queen she, she's walking in and ector is just kind of giving her lip as he does to everybody and i don't know this was huge power move by nimue she goes you know like i am the queen and you're in my seat and it's like okay this is his house his castle he's the lord of his land and you're gonna walk in and say you're in my he seat. was running the show before she got there it seemed at least yeah and she just came in and you know she held her own and against Ector, and you know she said at the end to arthur you know she has a way of like getting under your skin and yeah. so sorry that was a little bit tough mm -hmm. so she she does admit that she did go a little harsh but it was pretty sweet she was definitely i think it's know, holding again, her own i think it's just another instance of kind of the sword speaking through her and like her emotions are kind of being guided. They're all the over sword, the place. Like making her act like regular Nimue never would. Yeah, they're all over the place. She's also got to walk the walk of a queen now, you know? She's got to yeah. save face with everybody. If she's dealing with like a lower lord, she's got to act like a queen. Yeah, she's getting She is there. the fake queen. And she definitely doesn't act like this all the time. I got some grievances yeah. coming up. Um, but she, she did hold her own against Ector. 
yeah. sat down and then it was only her and arthur in the throne room as we were saying nimue is talking to arthur and arthur is just trying to help he's like trying to give her advice and she's like i don't need another lecture and it's like bro, he's trying to help like relax like a real queen would hear every story and every possibility and make it's the best the sword man the sword yeah. is having her not think straight and arthur mm -hmm. does doesn't he mention that too he's just like the sword is making you act this way yeah like, yeah that kind yeah so he they start talking about that and the next scene we actually get is arthur coming in to say like that the scouts it's a little confusing we'll get to it because we haven't talked about those characters yet but Arthur comes in to tell Nimue that the scouts haven't returned and Nimue is holding his sword and she's like, won't let go. And that's when she has the attitude towards Arthur. And she talks about how she hears the red paladin screams in the right. sword while she holds it. And it like comforts her. Like she's not scared of it. Yeah. That's she awesome. almost enjoys it. Oh yeah. She finds it comforting. Is, yeah. yeah. So, she won't put it down. She's kind of holding on to it. And Arthur's saying, like, hey, like, put it down. Like, let's she kind of, like, down, points relax. it at Arthur, yeah. too. Yeah, at one right? point she pushed it. And that's yeah. when she's like, holy shit, this thing's taking me over. Yeah. Um. So she, like, you know, puts it down, drops it. She's scared of it because she's already had her fears validated because she knows someone as great as Merlin, the magician, has already fallen prey to, like, mm. the sword's powers. So, and she already has these self-confidence issues. It's, it's just really starting to dawn on her how powerful it is and how it's, like, really starting to affect her. And more Merlin, I'm sorry, Merlin uh, warned her. They were like, hey, like, you're, I got addicted to that sword. You're my kin. You're going to yeah. get addicted. And she's like, shit, he's right. Well, even, I don't know if we talked about it, but when she fights the pal the red palette in the beginning, her hands are burned oh, yeah, by true. the we handle didn't, didn't of the sword. That, yeah. From it, when she was doing the vines. Yes. Mm, yeah. It's just, it's burned into her hand. So there is a cost, whether it's physically, mentally, it really does take Which, a toll. I totally forgot about that, but it made me think about the flashback to Merlin, how he was holding a sword and it was kind of like attaching itself to him. He had vines between the sword and his arm. I was like, wait, is was that like the sword of power? And is it like the more you use it, the more it becomes like a part of you? And, like, that's why it was in Merlin. Like, I'm so excited Ooh. to see how that happens. Well, your theories are usually on the money, so. Yeah, it's yeah. good. And also, like, so Nimue has powers without the sword. Mm -hmm. yes. She always yeah, has her magical, whole life. Yeah. So, so we're to believe that the sword is the only thing driving her nuts. Like, she has powers. Yeah. yeah. And it's she has powers from the Fae, and the sword, the sword was sword crafted. The sword speaks to her, basically. Well, it was crafted, crafted in uh fey fire yes so like it will corrupt you but like I, it may speak to her just because she's fey like she says all the time like this is a relic of our people um you know she has an obvious speech an good. obvious connection with it um and the next scene at the end of that scene actually somebody comes in we're actually going to save that because we get into some crazy shit in the next you know two minutes yeah but we got to cover everybody else's storyline before we get to that so we're going to go all the way back. We talked a little, about, a little bit about Cumber earlier. Um, we're going to go back to his daughter, Idris, coming into his tent. And she's holding this um, you know, doll made of twigs and little cloth and gives it to her father and says, you know, 
this is the symbol that the Fey people are holding now. They're calling her the Fey Queen, and they won't listen to my like preachings about you and how you're the true blood this whole conversation does not bode well for what merlin was trying to ask of him earlier like yeah this is where cumber realizes that merlin's trying to just sweep it under the rug who this girl he has to protect is and made it just drastically underplayed it like we said cumber's not an idiot like once he knows he's putting two to two and two together and his eyes are going towards merlin like oh that bastard and then his daughter's also speaking sense too she's like look like she is the wielder of the sword like you need to deal with this woman like this yeah the daughter's really smart because at first cumber like dismisses it like this doll is worrying you this twig these twigs are worrying you and she's like like, listen to me i've been around and this is what the people are saying yeah she's just another pretender to the crown in cumber's eyes like as long as she wields the sword of the first kings like she has a claim to being the queen you know so and then like i said bodes not well for merlin because now he has now cumber has a reason to go after Mm mm-hmm he yeah. knows that this girl is a threat. Or in way, yeah, because now Cumber sees her as yeah, a Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So the last thing we get there is him actually throwing the Fey doll into the fire. As so, Dave was saying, doesn't bode well. <laughs> yeah, symbolizing, <laughs> symbolizing Nimue's death. And we get a really, really awesome and confusing scene. Um, and that is kind of the end of Cumber's camp from this episode. We see Merlin is sitting there and a crow comes in and lands on a chair next to him. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, I know this. Walks out, follows where the crow came from and meets the widow. And this is wild. He, he's, I don't know what they say, what he says there at first, but she's like, I, I've been given a name. Like a name has been this drawn. Was so confusing. I, mm-hmm. Like the widow is all over the place. We'll get more into like other scenes with her, yeah. but like right now she's rocking fucking Nimway's face. Yeah. Just saying a name has been given over we're, and over. Yeah. We're gonna I talk about this was awesome. The widow is a really cool character. I was she fucking geeking at this scene. Yeah, yeah this truly was geeking. Insane. First of all, it was like, what's it mean for a name to be drawn? And then yes. you see the face, and then the way Merlin's reacting, you're like, oh my god, like that means she's gonna have to go kill her. Like, all this crazy amount of thoughts all thrown at you at once. Yeah. And it's like, because he made a point earlier, and in um, one of the earlier episodes, he was like, I've never seen your face. Like, when will you show me, like, your true face? And so maybe he's seen her face of, like, other names been drawn yeah, not before. Not only does she say uh, a name has been given, she also says the fate is now fixed. Yeah. yeah. So whatever yeah. the hell that Merlin is, it's a lot of mystery with her too. Like not Nimway, right? Not and her, she yeah. just says. It, well, he, he also asks like he's like he's no also asking like he's like how much time do do I have? I guess or like how much time? Days, hours, hours. Yeah, and like that's he's just like could be three, four, maybe five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three, four, five. Yeah. Something. So she's not telling him anything other than Nimway. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, got a, on the first episode, I said I love a good prophecy, and. Then- <laughs> This kind of falls into that where I'm like, I love a good, the fate is fixed. I mm-hmm. have a name. And it's yep. like, all right, so what are we going to do about it? Yeah, and- Dimway's our heroine and we need to figure this out. And Merlin's like, I'm going to change it. Like, screw this. He runs back to the table with Cumber and he's like, 
we have a deal, right? Like you said, you're going to protect this fake girl. And he goes, Cumber yeah, like. suggests not. Oh, he's like, you're beat, otherwise. dude. You left out all this information. Cumber was like, yeah, she's like a welcome guest in my dungeons. Like you're she can, yeah. she can rot there. That's awesome. But, yep. You're foolish is what Merlin replies. You're a fool. Yeah. I wasn't on the last episode, but let me just say the Merlin reveal of him being her dad was made the show for me i yeah, was that like was a huge, yes uh, that was right at the midway point too so right? the fact mm-hmm. that now merlin has this like protectiveness over her really hypes up the sh- the relationships in the show for me i'm like Definitely. this is good these storylines are now have higher stakes and i'm fully in yeah before it was like this girl Nimue has to give this sword to this person Merlin. Where's the connection? Yeah. What is yeah. it? This is where it is. We found it, Daddy. Guys. Yeah, six episodes later. Mm-hmm. Um, Merlin is also explaining to Cumber. He's just like, Nimue is not a threat. Like, she, mm-hmm. she's not a threat. And is it him that says her follower, her followers are? Yeah. Like, she's building an army. So, like, Cumber's, Cumber's like, yeah. Yeah, she's definitely Merlin's wrong, though. He, she is a threat. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Merlin with with the sword, me. she is a hundred percent a threat. She's can... not wrong. He's lying. Yeah, he he's lying. She's a threat. He knows Fully. what's going on with him. Why? Yeah. She's your kin, baby. She's yeah. a threat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the last scene um, we get of Merlin is him grabbing a horse and riding off. And as he, we're watching the camera pan of him riding a horse, it pans to the fisherman just watching him and we see him like with all of his bunch of tattoos pick up his fisherman's knife that sweet weapon and just like star following so you know that doesn't bode well for merlin the fisherman's awesome he's so that's cool a, we don't get their interaction until nine correct, yeah, correct. correct. Okay. that is Opening that is scene okay. of nine that is all we get for merlin on this episode Nine is a good episode. Nine, I'm, yeah, I'm upset. I'm upset. Out. We can't talk about it right now, but we're going to talk about it so much more. It'll be soon. Yeah. Very soon. We, we, we very have more soon. time. We're, well, we're yeah. Have an we, I don't want to rush time, through it. And no, because nine's good. I'm going to rewatch yeah. it. As nine well. is good. Nine um, is very good. So we're going to jump back now. We're going to finish a few other storylines. We're going to go back to Morgana, whole grain, baby whole grain. <laughs> baby whole grain. <laughs> so we get her. Walking up to Nimue and saying, hey, like, can this is way in the beginning, too. This is after they've taken um, Grimir. And she's saying to Nimue, like, can we talk? Like, I don't think we should just hide here and protect ourselves and run away. I think we should fight. So we see the aggressive Morgana coming out. Like, she just wants yeah. to kill all the Red Paladins and anybody who takes in her way. She, she was that way prior to the spider, though. Yeah, she was always just aggressive. But I'm, I'm sure the spider's not helping. Sure. <laughs> so she's saying, like, let's go all the way to Hawksbridge. Like, let's not even just stay in Grimir. Let's just start taking other places. This one was noticeably aggressive and just, like, completely way over the top of her of whatever morgana was showing earlier like just completely emphasized so something's up with morgana of which we know so you're saying the kaliak is really influencing 100%, her yeah, yeah and 100%. i agree but i do think it's it's at least not to the show's credit noticeable where any of the other characters are going to notice yeah for sure which is nice it's like the audience knows we saw the spider go in yeah. but not that nimway would ever call her out for it mm-hmm. which so we see Morgana just that, that conversation just ends and Morgana's walking and sees a church and she gets all zombified again. And then she hears Kaliak's voice in the back of her head 
and Celia telling her, seek the dead man outside the bell tower and you shall find him. Well, yeah. she does. She finds the bell tower and it crazy dude. Yeah. I was not expecting that. Yeah. Another example of just like eight to 10 hours in the makeup chair, like just for this, <laughs> just for this. half of a second of a scene. Yeah. I love how they go all out for the um, like costumes. So but Morgana enters the, the bell tower and she enters and she sees uh, Yeva. Homegirl Yeva. You Yeva. see a red paladin being treated like on her table. So it's just like, what is going on right now? Mm-hmm. Like, is Yeva working for the red paladins as a healer? Is she like... This is actually a cool little detail we didn't say earlier. When Nimue woke up, she was in the bell tower. And when Nimue and Pim were freaking out like and hugging, I missed you, Yeva walks out. And tells him to shush and it was like, have some respect for the dead, the sick and the dying. Yeah. So we know this is where Yeva basically takes care of the people that are falling ill and dying. Mm-hmm. So Holgrain is saying, hey, I used to do this in the Abbey. I used to be with the I dying. Can help you. I can help. Yeah. And, you know, Yeva, I guess he trusts her, says, you know, just make sure when they leave, like they leave peacefully. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. So a few scenes later, Does, is Yeva gone right now? Like, does she? Yeah, she walked out because okay. basically, I think Morgana was there letting her rest or something like that, and Yeva left. So Man, this scene is fucking. This is crazy. So this wild. was a little bit before what we had just talked about, but yes, this is the first time we see the widow appear, and she fucking Morgana hears a little creak in the window. Looks yeah. over and there's the fucking widow, just creepy, just standing like over this red paladin. So we, get I some, love this. The yeah. horror yeah. bitch in me was like, yeah. yes. Kathleen loves her horror. We got some, uh, we got some cool confirmation here. So when Morgana is sitting next to the bed of the lying paladin, kind of holding his hand, like tending his wounds, but he he doesn't look good. She gets up to kind of wash, and that's when she hears the little creaks and she sees, you know, the widow kind of sneak by. But like, she won't look at her. She, yeah, she doesn't look at her. She doesn't look at her. She pretends that she doesn't see, but she glances at her real quick. Yeah, perfect. Like the whole scene, just yeah. avoiding looking. And I'm like, what? And when, you, and when she does look, is when you see the widow, and it's just a skull, like for like a face, just fucking. I don't even sucking know what the soul. Was, it was total suck, yeah, dementor. Was this, yeah, it was literally dementor and Harry so Potter. Dementor, yeah, you're sucking so right. the soul out of this red powder, and you can kind of hear like him muffled screaming. Um, and Morgana just doesn't, she looks and sees it and then looks away, looks nothing but forward. And I was so creeped out. The widow notices that she is being noticed by Morgana and kind of like skulks over to her and gets real close to her. And like, you see that Morgana is still looking straight ahead, but in her peripheral, the widow and her skull face is like getting right up in her grill. And it was just so perfect. That would be me as a demon, just like teasing and like coming up i have a feeling that had morgana looked at her skull face that would have been trouble for morgana like she would have been petrified or something the widow's got paladin die here like he's gasping for air well that's the cool part like basically i wasn't sure if it was like she revived him or she killed him no morgana goes back after uh the widow like leaves Morgana goes back to the red paladin's dead body. Well, body, and it is now dead. It's not breathing. So the widow was literally there to take his life. So 
when we see the widow earlier and we later. hear, yeah, we, or, I'm oh. sorry, later, when we see the w- widow later saying a name has been drawn, we can only assume that that red paladin's name was drawn earlier and now yeah. Nimway's coming up, which okay. is insane. Okay. We did I this don't so even I- like that because I want a name to be drawn very rarely. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're right. It could have been that a name is drawn kill that then she gets a new name then she gets a new name kind of just like a grim reaper type yeah something something we didn't say though in the merlin and widow conversation was merlin asked how long does she have and the widow responded with oh you did days hours she doesn't, yeah. she doesn't respond to anything merlin just questions like is it days or hours and okay. she just doesn't respond i thought she said days, days she, hours did she well, she she said like how long Merlin asked how long is it she says hours days yeah weeks. she like, she I does confirm something, that. I thought it was something him questioning no no no, no. Okay. she, she gets says specific, it, yeah. like, so okay. something very vague so though. her name has been drawn but still has a few weeks or possibly days it's we, interesting we don't know she has ta- that's mm-hmm. what Merlin was yeah. trying to say and the widow was just like oh, I don't know yeah. can't tell you boss ha, which, ha, sorry about it uh-huh. which is interesting I like which is pretty cool yeah um. So that was yeah, that was the last we got of Morgana, aka Whole Grain. I think, and we're gonna go all the way back to the Weeping Monk. Yeah, where uh, Gawain? Is this are we on the same page? Not Gawain? yet. Not okay. yet. We gotta go <laughs> yeah, way. That's before why that. I always gotta double check. Paul's way the way Paul's the fat guy. All right. So fat obviously, guy. like we talked about, the first the fat guy. <laughs> yeah, the fact guy. Sorry. Um, we saw the Weeping Monk tracking. The Fae, and as we said, that's why they um, they knew that the Red Paladins were coming. And then we get the Red Paladins. <clears throat> excuse me, I've been talking a lot here. We get the Red Paladins <laughs> coming to Namos, but Namos is already deserted. Namos is com- like everybody's gone. They're screaming, nothing's here. Like everybody's completely gone. And you know the Weeping Monks yet again another like disappointment slipped through his fingers. And yeah. he says, you know, just burn it all. Like, we're going to track them They anyway. can't come back, yeah. We're yeah. getting sure they can't come back. We no. get a scene of Uther coming out of his quarters. So we're talking about Uther never left his castle. We see Uther yeah. out on a horse next to the Queen Regent. And they're in the woods in a neutral meeting spot. And all of a sudden, we see Father Carden rolling up. And he comes up and he says, you know, I believe we have a mutual enemy. And to the point before that, Queen Regent said, you know, to kill a devil, you have to make a deal with another devil. Yeah. So Uther and the Red Paladins seem like they're teaming up right now. So this was the sick scene that I was talking about at the end. Not yet, actually. We get, we get real quick. We get, um, you know, Faye Scouts have left. Um, to go, you know, just search around, see if, you know, there's any red paladins around the area. And this was led by Gwen and Kaze was there. And we see Kaze get sliced with a sword, but we don't know how. And then was it confirmed she was sliced? I just remember her mm-hmm. just like dropping her weapon. Yeah, she gets cut across the arm. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And then we see Gwen patrolling. Gwen, He's out patrolling. And he walks up a hill and sees just dozens of dead fae just kind of dead in a ditch and all of a sudden he gets hit from behind and this is where our boy 
the bad boy weeping, weeping monk. monk. Yeah, the bad boy. This was, that really bad boy weeping monk. This was another great fight that I wanted to see as well because, like I said earlier, the main swordsmen of this world, to me at least, are like Arthur, Gawain, and the weeping monk. So we already saw a glimpse. Oh, you're forgetting our girl named Way, the swordsman oh, of the story. <laughs> the oh. swordsman of the story. But, but only I mean, when she's wielding the sword. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> we've she's seen, the only one that wields these. Swords. Yeah, but we've seen Arthur Damn. fight the weeping. We've had his that that share of the fight, and we know Gawain is probably a more experienced blade. So yeah. this was a very like fight that I was very much looking forward to. So cool, so well done. This was yeah. definitely yeah. my favorite fight fight to um you know this episode. Uh, at one point, Gawain is down and pulls out a smaller dagger from his boot so he's rocking the long sword in one hand the dagger in the other and you know that doesn't even affect like the weeping monk, the weeping monk yeah. is just yeah still just hanging on his own the just... choreography i mean they're like in a clinch and the you know Gwen, the green knight goes to stab him and the weeping monk actually does like a backflip Flip, and yeah. lands on his feet to gain that. space like basically the Weeping Monk is a beast. But the, next episode, we get some cool reveals with these two, too. Yeah. Again, episode oh, nine. They're, they're like together all episodes. We get a fucking awesome reveal right here. But yeah, this is something that yeah. Paul had theorized in the past, and lo and behold, it had come true. Take your victory lap. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was pretty cool. I felt pretty cool. I was by myself, but I stood up when it actually got confirmed. <laughs> yeah, they're just tussling. Yeah, they're just rustling back and forth. Uh the weeping monk gets thrown to the ground he and gets, yeah, his hand not. touches i don't know what it is though that he touches like it's a leaf it's the, something that the thing, same thing father Love Carden, it. but it's a yeah. leaf and he touches it and his hand immediately goes green and we know immediately right away that that means he's a fae oh which is my so God. dope oh the theories in my head are just like where who the fuck is this guy? how did he like, come to my this mind was but why is he turning against the fae like, Dude, that's exactly millions. what Gwen said because yeah. Gwen looked down and said how could you yeah is the, is the first thing he said oh, is, how could next you? episode man and then oh. weeping monk you know uses this disbelief stun to knock him down and actually disarm him yeah and you know he said he's about to kill him and he says they want you alive and yep. that's the last we see of Gwen. We so there. we're gonna go back to Nimue and Arthur when they are in the chamber oh, yeah. and she finally puts the sword down somebody walks in the room and goes my queen this was thrown over the wall he unravels it and it's the smuggler's head Ooh. Which sucks because she seemed like a dope yeah, ass character. Her name was, was Druna. Yeah. We'll get we'll this put was, some respect was. on her name. Her yeah. name was Druna the Smuggler. But yeah, so that essentially just says the Red Paladins found out about the smuggler and the ships. Your escape route is nothing. So they're just kind of like shit out of luck sitting here in Grammaire, right? Well, well, she immediately runs out into the yard and Kaze is there with her arm sliced and right. was like you know they got our scouts um and like they're approaching and there's two armies it's the and well and then they're like what do you mean approaching and then nimue goes up to the top of the wall and all of a sudden slowly from either side of the hill on the left and the right you see a black army just covering the mountains. It's blue, I'd say red and blue. Red and blue, and yeah. then you see yeah. just a red army coming over to the right, just covering the mountains. That was a cool. And it was like scene. chills and oh fuck, what are you gonna do? Yeah, it was just like so, you guys are like a place of like you guys are just all refugees, and you have not one, 
two armies at your gates. Yep, the like, siege is on at Grimaire. Yeah, yeah. I I was so hyped to uh like watch the next episode, and I'm I'm upset that we can't talk about it right oh, yeah. now. I know, we have but to we don't mention yeah. the passion. It's yeah, the it's passion. the passion. We just, we don't want to rush through it because there's so much we want to say. So we're gonna save it for another episode. But, All right, uh, is this Bank Hill Mary? Yeah, my favorite part. Picking up as we speak, just because we have not come up with one. That's so fine. That's it's fine. boy time. Boy time. Yeah. I, don't think we've had, I don't think we've had boy time yet. Not Hell yet. No. It's All been right, a bunch of females. It, yeah, it's been so females. we're gonna go. Arthur, Gawain, Weeping Monk. And we're, we've got to assume like character personalities too. Like that's going into this exactly. And we're talking full characters. Not actors. Okay, well, I'll start because, like, if we're basing it off personality, I'm sorry, Weeping Monk, you are a traitor to your kind, and that's not a turn on. I mean, I'm sorry, so I'm gonna have to kill you. Now I'm stuck with Arthur and Gwen. Arthur would be a good one night stand. Mary and Gwen. There you go. (laughs) (sighs) Wow. I would also marry Gawain. He's like the most honorable, chivalrous guy, you know. He's a has a good the way he code, protects. That's that's the person you would want to be, have be your. The way like, he protects partner, Nimue you know? is the way he would protect for sure, you. For so. sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need that. Simp Gawain, but okay. Um, Simp banging and killing. bang? Probably bang the weeping monk because he beat Arthur. He worked up on Arthur, and yeah, he's the bad boy. You know, it's 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 like that forbidden fruit. You don't want you don't want to like be with the bad guy. You're like like a whore in spot. You're like a whore in Spartacus. You're just like. Oh, this guy is the strongest of the arena. I'm just gonna. Fuck That's him. high praise. That's <laughs> high praise. But yeah, I'll kill Arthur. Nothing personal. But I'm I'm waiting for him to reach his potential. So take take this as a uh, some constructive criticism and get your get your act together, Arthur. I am exactly Brian, but my so I'm killing Arthur because he seems still just like kind of a wuss to me. Yeah, a he's a hot boy and i love the actor but definitely a hot boy gotta kill him i'm gonna marry gawain almost by because i can't possibly marry the weeping monk but the again yeah. i always go back to this where it's like yeah i'll fuck the weeping monk like he's getting <laughs> freaky you know he's got wacky powers he's got oh freaky stuff happening yeah. he could do backflips so like who knows what he could do with me so yes i'm banging the weeping monk all right i'm just gonna come out and say i 100 percent agree something about that bad boy mentality right I just, I, just, yeah. I just chase those bad boys i don't know what it is don't we all yeah right uh, so, that, so that leaves me to i have to kill either Gwen or arthur and marry Gwen or arthur just because i don't want to marry the weeping monk just, right you do want to marry the bad boy you just bang the bad exactly. boy. exactly i might have to disagree and just go arthur i'm gonna marry arthur with okay way to stand I, out dude, why fit in when you could stand out paul uh, yeah right so you're killing Gwen. yeah oh i did talk oh, a lot of shit dead. on him he did he say did. he was yeah, gonna die on that hill so out. he's dying on that hill but, to this day right. paul's a Gwen hater fuck that dude i'm just I'm just, I wish Marilyn was on the list. Wait till the That'll next be episode. A future one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Is that it? All right. That is it. Uh, that's it for the episode. Hell of course, yeah. we didn't get to eight, but it's get coming. Nine. We got to eight. Or, we yes, we didn't get eight. to nine. If you like what you heard, give Binge Down TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our show on Spotify and the Apple Podcast app. Next time, we will be diving into episodes nine and 10 to end this shit with a bang. 
We also have episodes following the seventh and final season of the CW series, The 100, and another binge with us series following the show Spartacus. Watch these shows, give them a listen, and thanks for listening to us, y'all. Arigato. Bye.